What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And before we get to our interview today, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also, subscribe to our Apple Podcast page and leave a rating and review, and also follow our Spotify page as well. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I really appreciate it if you did those things. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. I really appreciate that as well. You can watch this entire interview on our YouTube channel as well. Enjoy the interview, everyone, and have a great day. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by freshman of the Mercyhurst hockey team, Austin Heidman. Welcome to the podcast, Austin, and how's everything going? Uh, thanks. Uh, happy to be on here, and everything's going pretty good here. Um, you know, it's cold up in Erie, but uh, the team's, team's looking well, and we're having a good season, and COVID's kind of staying out of our way, so we uh, can't really complain right now. Yeah, no, that's good. It's obviously cold here as well since it's January in Massachusetts, but, you know, I'm handling it as best I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are too. You just got to bundle up. Definitely, definitely. Now, speaking of this year's college hockey season, it's obviously been very different than previous seasons. What are some of the challenges you have faced this year, and how have you tried to overcome some of those challenges? Um, I think just a big challenge that we face this year is just not knowing who you're going to play every weekend. I mean, um Every team is susceptible to get COVID, and so we've had games postponed. You know, you're playing different opponents than you think you were playing. Um, so just the the fact that your schedule can be changed at any moment is pretty tough to try and prepare for opponents and um, prepare yourself to play. Definitely, and there's obviously been many schedule changes throughout the season, as you just alluded to. Uh, what's the key for st- maintaining flexibility for this year, and how do you mentally stay prepared for some of those changes that have happened to your schedule? I think personally, I'm just uh, happy every chance we get to play a game. I mean, uh, there was one point where it didn't look like we were going to even be able to play games. So at this point, I'm just happy to get to play. And every chance we get, I'm just running with it. Yeah, and you obviously haven't played in front of any fans this year as well. Has that been an adjustment for yourself, not having any crowd noise? Uh, it is a little bit of adjustment. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a dead atmosphere, but once again, we're playing the game we love and, uh, it's it's great that we're just able to play during the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. How do you try to bring some of that energy on the ice without any energy off the ice? I think having a we've we've been pretty good about having a good bench. You know, uh, getting excited with the little things that are going on, just keeping everybody engaged in the game. I know it's harder without fans cheering and everything, but um, as a freshman, it might be better that it's less overwhelming with out student sections yelling at you and things like that. So you can really focus on your game and then hopefully soon we'll be able to get fans back. Now, another thing that has been introduced to college hockey this year is three on three overtime. What has that been like for yourself being an offensive player and having more space on the ice and having more opportunities to score goals? Um, for me, it's, uh, we, we played uh, in junior, we had three on three overtime. So it was a pretty easy adjustment for me, but there's so many skilled players in college hockey that it really opens up the game. And I think you're seeing uh, a lot less shootouts or anything like that. A lot less games ending in ties just because the skilled players get to really show their skill. And uh, we've been fortunate enough that uh, we've won a few overtime games and um, it's, it's fun to see the skill that comes out of people. 
Definitely. No, I love it. It was an inter- it was just introduced this year and it's been awesome to see some skilled players, you know, show off their talents. And it also, I think it shows off the defensive abilities of other players as well, because if you make one little defensive mistake, it can cause an odd man rush. Exactly. And I think uh, our goalie, Hank Johnson, has been uh, pretty good about uh, we've we've probably given up a little too many rushes in the three on three overtime than he would like. But um, he he gets to stand on his head and show what he's all about as well. Definitely, definitely. And I hate ties, too. So that's <laughs> positive about three on three overtime. Now, what is the biggest adjustment you've had to make to college hockey this year? Um, I think just uh, the speed of the game. You know, everybody's right on top of you as soon as you get the puck. So your decisions have to be quick. And I think um, it was a tough adjustment at the start getting to school here. But uh, we had about three months of practice that I think, for me, at least, I was able to get used to that kind of pace of play. And coming into our first game, I felt way more ready uh, due to that three weeks of practice. So I think uh, the speed is definitely the difference as you go up in levels, everybody gets faster, everybody's in better positions. So you got to be able to think the game quick and play the game quick. Yeah. How have you adjusted to the physicality as well? Cause you're playing against guys that are four years older than you are. Yeah, it's uh it's a little different. Sometimes uh, you're not expecting to get hit and you do. And sometimes you try and hit somebody and you realize, Oh, he's a man. He's, he's been in the gym a lot. So, uh, it's definitely a little different coming from being the older, oldest guy in a younger league. But I think, uh, I think with that, physicality is just a fun part of the game that helps you stay into it. So I'm just glad that uh, I get to keep playing physical and the game supports that. Now, how has academics been for yourself? Has that been an adjustment? I know everything's mostly online for most universities. Yeah, it's been we're uh, we're hybrid, so we're in class uh, every other class. But um, it it has been an adjustment. Obviously, three years off is a little tough. But um, Mercy Hurst has been good about um, the COVID and getting everybody in the classroom and learning. And um, I think the adjustment's gone well. We've kind of got resources here to help us with classes. And luckily, I've been able to stay on top of my schoolwork, and we're kind of rolling. That's good. That's good. Now transitioning back on the ice now, what have you improved on the most since uh, last year in juniors? Um, I think definitely my speed. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a bigger guy. So I think um, every year I go into the gym and uh, training and I'm working on a f- quick first step and trying to get faster because at the next level of the game's always played so fast. So if I can get that speed and play up to that level with uh, the size that I have, I always think that would be that'd be solid. So I think working on speed has really helped me coming into this season. That's always pretty much the main focus for me in the summer. Yeah. How was your off season and what did you do to prepare for this season? Because there was a lot of uncertainty among the season during the summertime. Yeah, it was tough. So um, I know in Minnesota, we were off the ice for two months out of the gym for two months. So it was working out at home with uh, resistance bands and stuff like that. Then gyms open back up, rinks opens back up and you start getting back to everything. And, it's kind of tough because you don't know when you're going to play, but you have to treat it like a regular off season thinking you're going to play, play right away when you get to school. And I did that. I felt I came prepared into the season and then I got a little more time to train and get ready. So um, it actually turned out being probably a pretty good thing. Yeah, definitely. Especially with all the gyms being closed and less ice time. How'd you try to overcome some of those challenges? I know you said you had resistance bands at home, but was it an adjustment at the beginning, especially working out from home? Yeah, it was. Um, it's definitely different. Obviously, uh, your strength, you lose a little bit of strength, but um, I was fortunate enough to have uh, my brother there with me training and pushing me too. We push each other. So it, uh, it made it easier. And um, 
we were just trying to stay as active as we can when we were sitting in the house. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think anything fun during the off season that you did, non hockey related, I guess. Uh, a lot of golf. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. What's your handicap? Uh, I'm an 11 right now, hoping to drop it, but uh, we'll see. I'm not the biggest golf guy. I kind of suck at the putting aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes my uh, handicap go up, so I need to improve that part of it. Yeah. Life. Now. What's it like playing in Atlantic hockey and just the competition you face every night? Because Mercyhurst is one of the few schools that did some non-conference games to start off the year. So I was just curious, like, what have you noticed between other conferences versus Atlantic hockey? Um, I think, uh, well, at least from Atlantic hockey, I think uh, our conference this year is a conference where anybody can be anyone on any given night. Um, I think we've seen that. Uh, we took two from Robert Morris. Robert Morris took one from us yesterday. I mean, you got teams that are playing in the top 20 here. I think, uh, Atlantic hockey's kind of been looked down on in the past, but I think there's a lot of skilled guys. It's a very good conference. I mean, um, we were able to take a game from Bowling Green, who's a top 10 team. Um, we were hanging right in there with Clarkson. I think um, respect is coming to this league because there are a lot of good players that are playing in this league, and the league's young, too. We're a young team. There's a lot more young teams, so the league's on the rise, and uh, I'd watch out for the teams in this league. Oh, definitely, definitely, especially Mercyhurst with the big freshman class that you guys Yeah. Have. Now, talk about yesterday's game versus Robert Morris, and what did you take away from it? Uh, well, I was actually – I'm actually out right now. I'm injured with a uh, lower body injury. But, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough game. We've had two in a row where we uh, haven't been able – we've gone up with a lead and haven't been able to put away a team. So, I think the focus is just with the, the young team that we do have is just knowing when to step on the gas, when to step off the gas, um, and managing games. I mean – we're able to score the goals, but we got to be able to play a full 60 minutes and complete a game to get wins in this league. I mean, Robert Morris is a great team. They were able to come back, so we can't we can't let them hang around. Now, do you travel with the team if you're not playing? I'm curious about uh, This year, no, because uh, we're only traveling with 22 guys. So if you're injured, they're kind of leaving you at home and bringing one extra guy in case a guy rolls his ankle in the warm-up or something. But unfortunately, I was watching the game from home. Oh, nice. I was just curious because I know healthy scratches sometimes show up to the road games. I've seen them before. I was just curious because you don't see that as a fan because you're not in the rink. Yeah, it's a little different this year with COVID and all the protocols and how many people they can have on the bus. So uh, I, had, I had to watch the one from home, but uh, I, would, I wish I was there. Definitely, definitely. Now, you did have a great upset earlier in the season against Bowling Green, as you just mentioned. How important was that upset for your team, especially since it was one of your first games you played? I think it was huge. I know uh, the program came off a tough season last year, and I think for us just to get out running right out of the gate, I think it gave everybody a lot of confidence in the group that we had. And uh, I think um, it really showed people what we were about, and we weren't just the the team that was going to get rolled over. Like, we were going to fight. And, I mean, next night we didn't come out with a win, even though we had a huge win the first night. But um, it showed people who we were, and then we were able to just keep rolling with that momentum, especially in the Atlantic hockey play. Yeah, and talk about your freshman class. How have, they, how have you guys looked like in your eyes, especially guys like Dante Sheriff and Carson Briere, who have really stuck out to me watching your team play? Yeah, so um, our freshman class is, is really a good class. I mean, uh, Carson and Dante, I was lucky enough to play on their line, and they're two great players. I mean, you look at the things they're doing, they're putting up. I think they're both over a point per game right now. Um, they're both – unreal players and uh, we don't only have them I mean you got guys like Marco Reifenberger who's playing a big role on the PK same with Noah Kane um, and then we got a goalie in Kyle McClellan who 
is a great goalie, one of the top goalies in the USHL last year, who's learning from Hank Johnson this year. He played a game, got his first win against Air Force. So I think this year we've been off to a great start as a freshman class, and it's only going to keep on moving forward. What's it like being a freshman and being in kind of situations that mostly veterans will be in? Because I always find that interesting with younger teams is you got to throw the freshman in in some situations that you normally wouldn't be in if you are on a different uh, college team. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different, but I think uh, all of us have been up to the challenge. I mean, you come from when you're playing juniors, you're you're trying to be the top dog playing those big minutes. And I think it's it's kind of feels like juniors again, where you feel like a top dog. And I think it's really good for your confidence, too. The more you're on the ice, the more you're going to learn the college game, the more the better you're going to play. So I think we've been able to gain a lot of confidence and just really run with it. Now, talk about the upperclassmen. How have they helped you, especially in your transition to college hockey? Oh, they've been, they've been huge. I mean, we were skating in small pods and originally it was uh, me and Noah Kane and all upperclassmen. And so they've been huge just trying to tell you like where classrooms are. Like, obviously it's an adjustment to go back to school. So they're telling you where everything is. And then you just kind of watch them in the gym on the ice, see how they prepare for games. You know, your, your eyes on them trying to see uh, what's going on and uh, like trying to figure out your way into college hockey. Yeah, and I want to switch gears talking about the beginning of your hockey career. You're from Maple Grove, Minnesota. Talk about growing up there, and how did you start playing hockey? Uh, so it's a, I started playing hockey. I was born into it. I mean, my dad uh, was a ref in the old IHL, and um, my brother actually asked to play hockey first. So I was born, and I was in the rinks. I didn't really have a choice. I was always there. But, um, yeah, so I started playing hockey at a young age, and then growing up in Minnesota is just – just a huge thing. I mean, you watch the state tournament there. Hockey is hockey's kind of life there. It's it's college or it's high school football in Texas is high school hockey in Minnesota. So it was just a cool thing. And I don't know. I couldn't really ask for a better place to grow up if I wanted to be a hockey player. Did you have a favorite player growing up? I did. My favorite player was Sidney Crosby growing up. So uh, probably was everybody's favorite player too. But he was just fun to watch. Obviously, he's one of the best to ever do it so he's a good player to watch and grow your game now describe the minnesota high school hockey scene what's it like being a player in that hockey atmosphere oh uh, it's pretty cool i mean um i was fortunate enough to make it to the state tournament twice and uh, it's a pretty cool experience you know it's a lot like the college hockey experience where you in a way feel feel like a top dog um everybody looks at it as like the big time sport and like if you play on the varsity team like you're pretty cool in school you're you're the cool guy. So it was pretty cool. And I mean, you, you walk into a restaurant or anything wearing your hockey jacket and everybody knows like, Oh, he's a hockey player. It's, it's pretty cool. It's like, it's, it's a big town, but it's a small, small world. Everybody kind of knows who you are. Definitely. Is it weird talking to players who aren't from Minnesota just about that atmosphere because being from the East coast, I just don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people don't get it, but um, I think people are realizing more and more as social media kind of covers the Minnesota State Tournament and stuff as how big of a deal like the Minnesota high school hockey really is. And I mean, I think some of the guys in the locker room hate when the Minnesota guys get together and talk about the good old days in Minnesota, but uh, they'll have to deal with it because they were, they were the good old days. Definitely, definitely. Now you played for Breck School, which doing research on it is a pretty high, pretty good high school hockey powerhouse in Minnesota. Describe your time there and what was it like for you? Uh, yeah, Breck, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I was fortunate enough to play on uh, three great teams while I was there. Uh, went to the state tournament twice, as I mentioned, and just 
just playing with great guys. I mean, we've got a couple Division One guys, Division Three guys. Um, it was it was some of the most fun I've had playing hockey, like in front of the student sections and and everything. And you go to class the next day, and people are at, telling you a good game and stuff. So it was it was a small school, so everybody knew everybody, and um, it was it was a really cool experience. I'm very fortunate that I was able to go to Breck and uh, have that experience. You then played for the Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL. How did you get the opportunity to play with that organization? Um, so I went up to Canada and played a year juniors in Steinbach, Manitoba. And I was actually playing in uh, the Anavik Cup versus the Nippewin Hawks, where Pat Mickish, who's the coach of the Green Bay Gamblers kid, was playing for. And he went up there to watch his kid. I guess uh, he ended up liking what he saw out of me and called me. And he told me he was going to draft me. And I was like, I was thinking, okay, whatever. Um, probably going to be a late round pick and I was lucky enough I got drafted in the third round and the rest is history I went there um was lucky enough to make the team and just kept going from there nice and then you played for the Sioux Falls Stampede and then the Sioux Falls Musketeers talk about your experience with those two teams in that same city yeah so um it was it was different so I got traded to Sioux Falls and um it was it was a good trade I I, I ended up with an injury at the start of the season and then uh, played there for a while and then came down to the trade deadline and ended up getting traded. So switching organizations, I only got to play four games for the Musketeers, but um, it was still it was still a good experience for me. A uh, little bit of small town, a little bit of culture shock in uh, South Dakota, but um, I loved both cities. I love uh, loved playing there, and it was it was a great time. It was a good development for me. What's South Dakota like? I've never really heard of it, to be honest with you. Like, you know it's a state, but, like, you never think, like, hockey's down there, I guess. Yeah, it's flat and cold. That's about, <laughs> that's about it. There's not, there's not much down there between any city or anything, but it's pretty cold. It's flat, but I know in Sioux Falls and uh, everything, they love their hockey down there. It's actually kind of surprising. Like, same with the teams in Iowa. They love their hockey in those small towns, and they have the big fan bases, so it it makes it for an enjoyable place to play. Definitely. Now, how did your time in the USHL help prepare you for college hockey? Um, honestly, you're playing against some of the best players in junior hockey players in the world, at, in some sense, at least in the country for sure, um, on a nightly basis. So just going up against those top players, I mean, it pushes you to be better. Like you may not be one of the top players, but you have to play up to that when you're playing those guys. And I think um, just the constant competition and the constant getting pushed every night, every day in practice, I think really just pushed me to be the best player I could be throughout those two years there and really prepared me for college to come in and play once again with the top players in North America. Yeah, and um, talk about your recruiting process and why did you choose to go to Mercyhurst? Yeah, so I was kind of a late commit after my injury, but as soon as I got to Mercyhurst when I was recruited here on my visit, uh, I kind of knew it was home. Like it's one of those places you dream, like when you're dreaming of college, this is kind of what the campus looks like. So walking on campus, it felt like home and me and the coaching staff really got along and I, um, I was fortunate enough to get offered and I committed right on the spot. I just knew this is where I wanted to be and um, it's lived up to all the expectations I had for it. Yeah. What's it like to play under coach Rick Gotkin and what have you learned under him so far? Um, he's an unreal coach. I mean, he's been around. He's one of the, I think, the only coach of this program ever. So he knows the ins and outs. He's been around everything. Uh, he's a great guy. I mean, he's him and uh, Derek Whitmore have taken me under their wing and 
helped me adjust to college hockey. And it's nice because they're personable people. Like they care about your school. They care about your life. It's not just go to the rink and all that matters is you're scoring goals. They care about you personally too. So I've got a good relationship with all the coaching staff here and it's, it's makes it easier to play hockey. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions. Now, I don't know if you're a football fan or not, but next week is the Super Bowl. Who do you got to win that game? Um, you know, I can't, I can't root against Patrick Mahomes. He's too good. Uh, as much as I'd like to, I think he's got this one in the bag. I got to disagree with you on that. You know, I think Tom Brady will win his seventh. He's obviously proven uh, to be Patrick Mahomes. He did it a few years ago in the AFC yeah, Championship. And that is true. Doing it at 43 years old, I, I want to. I just want to see him prove more people wrong because that's. My <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Now, are you like a Vikings fan or? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could say so. I mean, I've been, I've kind of, I played in Green Bay too, so I'm a little bit of a Green Bay Packers fan from living there, but. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Midwestern sports fan. I'll put it that way. Nice, nice. Now, what is your favorite class at school so far? Um, honestly, I'm a sports business major, so I took uh, the intro to the sports industry last semester, and it was super interesting. Just like, obviously, I know the game of sports, and I, I watch it, but you don't see what goes on inside of, of any of the organizations or anything. So just learning a little bit about that, and I'm excited to learn, learn more about that in the future. Is that something you want to continue after hockey? Yeah, I think so. I mean, my dream has always been to play pro hockey, but as a as a job perspective, I would love if I could work in, in the world of hockey or something of the sorts, whether it's an agent or being in the front office or coaching staff or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. It's something that I think some players don't want to think about, but, you know, sometimes hockey might not work out. And that's why I think college is a great route because you can learn – play hockey at a professional level, basically, but also learn another thing as well on the side. Exactly, yeah. Now, what music do you like to listen to before a game? Um, before a game, I'm pretty lenient. I am kind of just let whatever goes on in the locker room happen. Uh, I just kind of roll with it. Um, personally, I try and stay pretty loose before a game, so I don't like to get into my own world too much. Now, speaking of your teammates, who has the best style on the team besides yourself? Oh, I definitely don't have the best style on the team. But, uh, you know, I would have to say uh, Noah Kane's got some pretty good style. Gorgi Fedulov has some pretty good style. And uh, Hank Johnson's actually got some pretty good style, too. Nice. Now, who's the funniest teammate? Oh, funniest teammate. Honestly, Hen Hank Johnson's a quiet guy, but he's pretty funny. Or uh, Jeff Kitt's always running around the locker room trying to, trying to make people laugh. So, one of those two. Now, what's your favorite TV show to watch? Oh, um, you know, I was a big One Tree Hill fan when that was going on. Um, but uh, recently I've been in the, into like the, the QB1 or The Last Chance U, kind of those, those documentaries have been uh, catching my eye. Nice. Now, final non-hockey question is, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? I guess I'm going to turn this into a hockey question, but probably Sidney Crosby. I mean, I've idolized him my whole life. Um, I would love to just have lunch with him and just pick his brain. But if I had to choose a non-hockey player, it would probably be Tiger Woods. <laughs> See yeah, if he could figure out my golf swing. Oh, definitely. For hockey, I think Alex Ovechkin would be really cool to talk to just because he's definitely an interesting guy off the ice. So, like, you yeah. have some fun memories besides just the dinner and then obviously to talk to him about hockey and just how he scores all those goals will be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now back to some hockey questions. What advice would you give a younger player trying to make it to a division one college hockey school? 
I mean, I think uh, any advice, like people say work hard. I mean, set your dreams high. I mean, you're not going to – if your dreams aren't high, you're not going to achieve them. Like, like shoot for the stars and just work for it. I mean, I, I think there were a lot of people who weren't thinking I was ever going to play Division One hockey, but every day I told myself I was, and I'm lucky enough that I've made it here now, and I'm hopefully – going to keep going and I like to like to think I'm kind of like the story of the people who who no one thought they were going to make it but they do so I think just just reach for the stars like you can you can get there definitely definitely now what message do you have for all the Mercyhurst fans that are listening to this podcast I know you really haven't been able to chance to see any of them in person but just any things you like to say to them I mean I think they're going to be excited once they're back in the ring to see what's going on. I mean, we've got a great team and we're, we're on the rise. We're a young team. We don't really lose anybody next year. So next year when we do have fans, they're going to be really excited uh, with the team that they have here. Nice. Now what's been your favorite hockey memory so far? Um, either playing in the Minnesota state championship game, uh, either that or winning a MJHL and anime cup championship and going to the RBC tournament. One of those two, I mean, winning championships was pretty cool. And then playing in the XL energy center in front of a bunch of people was pretty cool too. And what could I do better as a podcaster to improve this podcast and make this uh, platform better? Uh, I think you're doing everything great. We just got to get your name out there. And um, I think people are noticing and, I personally like what you're doing. I think a lot of people don't focus on the college hockey aspect because they're just students, but I think it's cool. Like, uh, personally, I like I like the media and, and whatnot. Like, I, I kind of like the attention, so I like what you're doing. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I try to get a variety of different players on, like players that I think people won't notice, like when you watch college hockey, but definitely mm-hmm. make an impact on their team. And that's kind of the goal of this podcast, to give you guys a platform to speak your minds on, just your experience as a whole. Yeah, I love it. Now, do you have any shout-outs like to give before we let you go and for any of your teammates, friends, family members? No, I don't think so. I just tell all the teams that, that we got to head to watch out for the Lakers. We're coming for you. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Austin. I really appreciate it. Take care, stay safe, and good luck uh, for the rest of your season. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. Take care. I'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this podcast. I really appreciate it. It literally means the world to me. Please follow our social media accounts and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'll be posting older videos on that platform as the days go on. I'll see you guys next time with another great podcast. But until then, everyone, take care, stay safe, and have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for listening.